Hello, everyone. My name is Ryan, and welcome to High Tech on Life. So on Saturday, Tesla rolled out their first Model 3 off their production line. And this marks the first, you know, reasonably priced car from them uh, that's also being mass produced. So they started about 35 grand, which is actually okay. I mean, you're looking at a, you know, that's like low end BMW money right there, high end everything else, you know. And I thought because this is such a landmark achievement, you know, for the company, I thought, let's do a Tesla week. We'll go from the beginning of the company, what their initial outlook was, what their goals were, and how they got to where they are today. We'll also talk about their other projects besides cars because they've decided to do some other things too, which are pretty cool. And, you know, they've branched out into these other things, which I think are very optimistic. Uh, A couple of them are very optimistic. And maybe one not so optimistic, you know, not so realistic, I guess I should say. And, you know, because we need to throw a little bit of controversy in there, we'll talk about whether, you know, are electric cars really the best option to replace our gas-powered vehicles that we're so accustomed to? We're so used to them and, and how they operate and the ease of use that even though electric cars are getting very close, are they there yet? Would have been, would it have been better to put the money into a different technology? So today we will go into our first part of the Tesla week, the history of Tesla Motors. So a lot of you may not know this, but to me, Tesla has been around for a very long time, and it feels like it to me. Now, I'm in my mid-30s, so I remember hearing about them back in the early 2000s. And probably a lot of you millennials or people who are in your mid-20s don't really remember quite that long ago. You were in grade school when this was happening, when they were founded. And they were actually founded in 2003, which I didn't know. I thought it was around that time, but not that early. And who started it? Who were the founders? Obviously, everybody knows Elon Musk. Uh, but there was also two others, Martin Eberhard and Mark Tarpening, who founded the company and financed it until they could get more funding involved. And they did this through like venture capital uh, offerings and private funding. So... After they got all their funding done, they did a few rounds of funding and they decided to start work on their Tesla Roadster, their first car. And up until then, I mean, the the whole goal of the company was to commercialize electric vehicles. Uh, Up until that point, it had been kind of a niche thing that people would do conversions to their cars and they would uh, they become experts at it and do conversions for other people. And it was a very small small group of, of individuals who would do this or who would look into it and see it as a viable option. Now, obviously, those aren't normal. I mean, they're not consistent. They're their own concoctions. They make 
uh, they just make the stuff work. And I've seen car builds like that. Even today, people who are trying to turn old cars into electric cars still are having, you know, they just have like a kludge of everything with the batteries in the back and somehow it gets up to the electric motor on the, in the front and it runs. Nothing like what Tesla was going to do. So we get to the Tesla Roadster and it looks pretty cool, but who knows what it's based off of. If you don't, it's from a company called Lotus in the UK. And they had a car called the Exige and they decided to um, partner with Tesla really early. I mean, it was about, I think it was 2005 when they partnered with them to produce bodies for these cars. So it's it's a complete car minus the just the powertrain. So they would provide these to Lotus uh, from their factory in California, I believe is where it was. So with this funding and with this deal from Lotus, uh, they started working on the Roadster. And in my opinion, the whole point of the Roadster was to really just show the world what their ambitions were, what they were, the direction they were trying to go with their company. And they wanted to demonstrate what they could do. And they only sold about 2,500 of them, just under 2,500. Uh, but it really led, a, led the path for them to get into more, you know, instead of having this really expensive Roadster, you get reasonably priced sedans and family cars down the line. And mass market, mass produce, that's where they were going. Like everything that they're doing now today, that was in the plans long ago. So also along with private investment in 2009, they were approved to receive a loan from the Advanced Technology Vehicle Manufacturing and Loan Program. Yes, that's the name of it. Advanced Technology Vehicle Manufacturing Loan Program. And that's set up by the U.S. Department of Energy. And they only got like, I think they got half a mil where Ford and Nissan got into the billions. And you've seen what Nissan has come out with. They came out with the Leaf, which I know a few people who have the Leaf and they like them for the short commutes they have to Salt Lake City from the surrounding area. It's perfect for commuting to work each day. So once that funding came in, they used that to produce and engineer the Model S. So they, uh, that was kind of the, the diving board uh, from the success of the demonstration of the Roadster and then this uh, loan from the U.S. government to start to produce the Model S. Now, according to records, they actually paid that back with an additional 12 mil in interest in 2013. So from 20, I think it was 2010 to 2013, they paid back the loan. So they were free and clear at that point. Now, along with this funding, they also uh, launched an IPO. And for those of you who don't know, it's a, that's a public offering of stock and basically going public with the company is what they call it. And people can buy into the company. So at that point, they go into production of the Model S. And and that guy gets released in 2015. So there was quite a long, you know, 
break in between there where they're developing the Model S and they're getting it ready for the public and they're they're showing it off, they're showing it what it can do and eventually hits the market. Now, following up close to that, just you know, less than a year later, they start to deliver the Model X. And where the Model S was more of a, I mean, you've seen them. The Model S is like a sedan type thing. Very nice plush sedan, I'd say. You know, BMW Merc style plushness. And it shows in the cost. So they go from that to the Model X, which is supposed to be more of a family type car. And they their trademark thing is the gullwing doors that look really cool going up and down. And I thought it was funny because I saw the the launch of the Model X live and, and they they one of the the guy who was presenting, I can't remember if it was Elon Musk or if it was someone else. They I think it was Elon. He stood in the back of the car as the doors were open. You know, he stood in the third row. He's like, look, I can get into here. He's like, okay, that's cool. And the doors are cool. It's good job, guys. You know, I I won't be buying one, but good on you. I know a lot of people have them and enjoy them quite a bit. But both of these cars are expensive. I mean, for the Model X, you're looking at a hundred grand. Some of the ones that they have, I I'm not sure if you can get it for cheaper than that, but some of the ones I'm seeing on their website are a hundred thousand dollars. That's like a modest house in some places. My first house was a hundred and twenty three thousand dollars. Yeah, I'm not I'm not gonna pay that much for a car. I think they do a lot of leasing options, but I you know the Model S isn't any different. It's around that same price, hundred grand. That is a lot of money for a car. And as awesome as they are, some people say it's worth it. I don't think it's worth that much as far as what I would put down for the money. But they are incredibly cool cars. So I'm not gonna blame anyone or knock anyone for jumping in on it. You'll just have a lot of debt. So as they continue to sell the Model S and the Model X, they reveal to us a while ago that they have a a more modest priced production car down the road. And it's called the Model 3. They decided they'd start this car at $35,000. Now that is definitely more reasonable Most other cars, most other electric offerings that you find from companies these days are going to be around that price. Like the Leaf, for instance. Not even close to what the Tesla is. It's not even in the same category, in my opinion. But that guy, the Nissan Leaf, starts at 30 grand. And that's base price. None of the extra stuff. So now that they have the Model S and the Model X and the Model 3. Besides cars, what other things have Tesla decided to jump into? And this is where I find things even more exciting than the cars. I know I'm probably in the minority, but I have looked for ways to possibly implement some sort of a battery backup or some sort of, I mean, not to like the prepper level, I just want, I think it'd be really fun to be off the grid and not have to worry about paying the electric company. In other parts of 
the U.S., there may be a couple of electric companies that you can choose from. Or like a certain area is, is provided by this electric company and another area is provided by this electric company. I think that's how it is in Phoenix. I, I lived there for about a year and I remember that being the option. Or, you know, it was weird to me to have two different power companies. We just always had Utah Power. Utah Power was the company. And guess where they provided power to? All of Utah. But I, always, I was always looking for a way to say, you know what? I don't need you guys anymore. I'm going to switch over to my own pa- power and not pay you guys anymore. And of course, that came in the form of the Tesla power packs that they had decided to jump into. Now, you kind of think that's a, a perfectly natural move for them. Because they are making and improving the battery technology for their cars, why not jump into home power? And why not jump into stored power for your home? So that's what they did. They started building the Gigafactory. So they have their main factory in California, but then they started building the Gigafactory up near Reno. And uh, this is where they were going to continue to test and improve on their battery technology. And they're always making strides. It's like any other technology. They're, they're always making strides forward. Sometimes they're a little slow. Sometimes they're more exponential. And eventually we will get there, I think. I think we'll get to the point. And, and especially with some of the charging options that they're coming out with these days, the, the superchargers and that'll charge your car in like a half hour. You get like 80% or more in a half hour, which is pretty cool. I'm almost down for that. So anyways, back to the the power packs. Well, they have an, a Tesla energy wing uh, to their company and their power pack is called the power wall. And when I first saw this, I was going, what? Where, where are they going with this? Where are they? Where can this possibly? Like, really? I can buy this from you guys for like three grand? That's okay. And it's not too bad on the price. Honestly, it's not too bad. If you think about what you're going to where you're going to end up spending on electricity, eventually it'll save you some dough. But you know, I think they were starting at like 35 grand. I was looking on their website and for a house like mine that has five bedrooms and I'm doing the whole home, but a little more than that, like 28 grand. I'd need five power walls to support my entire home. Maybe someday, but not right now. Like I said, the battery technology will get better and hopefully the price will come down. But it's something that you really haven't seen before from really any manufacturer. Uh, Any company that they really haven't been focusing on battery backup for the house. There's a lot of generators. You know, generator backup is very common, especially with like the, the preppers and those guys who are preparing for the end of the world. I'm not knocking you. 
I'm just not quite there yet. But this, I think, is a more viable option to that. And I think a lot of those guys who are prepping should really look into these power walls. I bet they are. I mean, I don't have any statistics on who's using what, but it was always, you know, having a generator backup for your house. You'd have the main switch that you'd throw to to jump over to generator power. Uh, if, you know, you had a, a bad storm, those guys who are in the, the uh, uh, tornado alley and places like that that get um, these massive storms and lose power for days or even weeks on end, this is like the, the greatest thing for them to get. Uh, you couple it with their solar panels and you're like a totally off-the-grid solution. You don't even have to worry about them. You can just snip the wire coming from the power company. Now with awesome things, there's usually some small drawbacks. And I'm sure there would be with this. I mean, this is definitely uh, dependent on the sun. So if the sun ain't there, if you know during the night you're not getting charged, cloudy days you're not getting charged, you need the sun. So like England, I don't know if England would be a good place for this, but like here in Utah, especially during this spring and summer and fall, we're golden, like sun every day. California, sun every day. Phoenix, Arizona area, perfect. Uh, in the wintertime, though, we tend to get what we like to call snow here in Utah. And not so much sun. There is still sun, and we still do get some sun, but not quite as much as we get during the rest of the year. But I definitely see it as an opportunity to really cut the cord on on the power companies. You know, like I was saying earlier, we only have one. So there's if they mistreat you or giving you crap, you can't go to another company. There's no like uh consequences for mistreatment of their clients now also just a few months ago uh to kind of complement the power wall cuz they were they were selling systems that you know you needed solar panels for and solar panels are great you know when somebody has them they blind you when you're driving down the road if they're not positioned correctly which has happened to me multiple times you're driving down the road you get this big old bright glare in your eyes and I don't have sunglasses because I wear glasses and I don't have my prescription sunglasses anymore. And I'm going blind and I'm wondering, what is that? Who has the big windows and it's solar panels? Because they're angling the, the light just right to go right into your eyes and blind you. Yes. So just a few months ago, Tesla announces their solar roofs. Another area to go in, which is perfect because they have their power wall. Install a couple of those power walls in your house. You install the solar roof. You're set. Again, this would be wonderful if that was, if money wasn't an option, this would be perfect. But they're not really the cheapest thing in the world. Uh, they were touted as being the same cost as uh, a normal roof. And from early estimates, uh, they are not. They are significantly more uh, where, you know, not, okay, I guess I shouldn't say significantly, but they are more money. Uh, but 
also maybe you take that into account with your power bill and what you won't be paying on your power. Maybe you can justify it, but it can cost a lot. So for instance, you can go to their website and put in your information about your house and get an idea of what, how much energy this roof can provide for you over the next few years. So it looks like to me, for my roof, if I did my entire roof, it would be $31,700 of energy that it would generate over the 30-year time I guess I'd be paying on my house. And the initial cost of the roof is $36,000 plus the cost of the Powerwall battery. And that's just one Powerwall battery, um, which is seven grand. And you get some incentives, you get a tax credit. And so, I mean, I'd be spending, (laughs) it's funny how they do this because it says like, okay, you're going to be earning 31 grand in savings over the next few years, but you're also going to be spending 35 now, 36 now, plus the cost of power, which is another seven grand. And then you get $11,000 tax credit. So just for the install of the roof and the power wall, I'm at 42.9 right now. And if I subtract out that tax credit I get, I'm at 31.6. So to put 31.6 into my house just for the roof, where I could get a traditional roof on my house tomorrow for I think the maximum estimates I've seen are 12, maybe 15. So we're not quite there yet. I do understand. I mean, that's a that's a horrible comparison because you're looking at, you know, shingles versus solar panels. It's obviously going to cost more. For, but they were comparing it to not much more than a a normal roof, which it is twice as much as a normal roof. So, you know, nice try, guys. But eventually we'll get there. Like Like I said, we're getting there. It's not quite there. They're, they're so close. They're getting there, but they're not there yet. So that is kind of the direction, you know, giving you kind of a brief history. For me, I'm more interested in their energy offerings than their cars because I'm weird like that, I guess. Their cars are awesome. I think it'd be wonderful to own one. Maybe I'm just not 100% convinced that electric is the way to go with cars. There's some other technologies that uh, we can explore. Even though Tesla is doing a very good job pushing electronic cars into the mainstream, there's probably other options that we can look at. And some companies have, and we'll look into those another day. But I think these these, uh, home power solutions are much more the way that you would rather go than a generator and a much more feasible replacement for a generator. It's also a market where people aren't used to having a backup power supply, a backup generator, where this this can just be your first install. We are so used to having uh, gas-powered cars, and that that is something that we 
love to do. There's some, there's a freedom in driving your car and driving and driving and driving until it's almost out of gas. Then you just pull into a gas station, you fill it up and you keep on driving until they find something that takes two minutes to fill up. If they can charge the battery to hundred percent in two and a half minutes, sign me up because I will be all for that. Um, I know people say, well, you can go have lunch. You can go do this, but really that is not the culture we're in. We're not used to that kind of life. Like I get up in the morning and if I need to fill up my car before I go to work, I know it's going to take me like five minutes tops to fill up my car and then I'm off to work. I don't want to have to sit around for a half hour or if I'm doing a long, the biggest thing that I know people bring this up a lot, but it's very true is the, the long distance travel. I like to travel. I like to drive places. I like to drive for a few hours. I like to drive, you know, we drive to visit my brother in Arizona. We drive, you know, if we drive to California to go to Disneyland or we drive up to Montana to do a whole family camping thing, I don't want to have to sit and wait for a half hour for my car to recharge and not even recharge all the way. There's probably better options out there. but. Tesla is definitely leading the way in the electric car revolution, really. They've brought the electric car to the mainstream, and that was their whole goal. And they're doing it. I was in Hong Kong a few weeks ago. There's Teslas everywhere in that place. Every day, you'd see five or six Teslas driving around. They're doing it. And in a place like that, it works wonderfully. And in other places around the world, I'm sure it works great. And here in the U.S., in certain cities, it works just fine. But it is amazing, the technology that they're coming out with. I applaud them on that. I think that they are leading in so much more than just cars. And in the future, they're going to have at least two more models. I'm guessing they'll have more than that. But they're going to have the Model Y. And then they're also going to have a reincarnation of the Roadster to look forward to. Which that one will be an interesting one to see. So that's it, part one of the Tesla week. Tomorrow, I would like to go a little more in depth into the different models that they have and their reception uh, by the public and ask you guys a question. What model would you like? If money wasn't an option, I'm sure most of you will say the Model S. If money wasn't an option, which one would you pick? I think you'll find my answer surprising. Well, thank you very much for tuning in. As always, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at High Tech on Life, HI Tech on Life. You can also go to hightechonlife.com where we've got an archive of the episodes. We'll have some other stuff up on there soon. Uh, we'll have a mailing, mailing list that you can, guys can sign up for to get updates from us and see what else is going on. And if you guys like this, please go to iTunes. iTunes is kind of the big podcast world, so go to iTunes. If you're on an iPhone, subscribe on their podcast player. We're also on the Google Play Store, uh, so you can check us out there and subscribe really on any podcast player of your choice. If you don't have anything else, get SoundCloud because that's where we host it, and you guys can look us up on there. Just search for at High Tech on Life. We will come right up at the top. You can also email me, ryan at hightechonlife.com anytime about anything that you would like me to talk about on the show. If you hit my guts and don't like what I'm talking about, if I'm 
stupid and don't have any idea what I'm doing here, let me know. I am all up for that. Again, thank you guys for tuning in. And I will talk to you in part two of the Tesla week tomorrow. Tomorrow.